of all, uh, Zach, thank you very much for being here. Uh, let me introduce you to Professor Michael McCarthy, faculty at Harvard University and Holt Business School. Uh, Jack Kelly from Forbes Magazine. Uh, thank you very much for being here. We really no appreciate problem. it. No problem. My pleasure. So, Zach, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And first, of all, I got to say, how awesome is it? How awesome is it you go from a kid racing cars to see watching Mario Andretti drive to owning his car, being a CEO of a Formula One team, drinking champagne out of a shoe of a race car driver? It this got to be the life, right? This has, to, have, this has to be the best. No pun intended. The best ride ever, right? Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a good ride. Uh, it's not over yet, so we'll see where. Uh, <laughs> We get to and we're all said and done, but no, it, um, I'm living the dream. I love motor racing. McLaren's always been uh, my favorite racing team. We're in Formula One and IndyCar, which are my two favorite forms of, of motorsports, and get to hang out with people like Mario Andretti, which were my uh, heroes growing up and my heroes today and legends of the sport. So I, uh, I can't complain. Not every day's a great day, but uh, that's what keeps you up motivated, come back swinging the next day. It, it sounds like you're having fun. And really the, the ethos of our show is during this time, so many people are unhappy at work and by using information and research from the positive workplace, we really just want to help other people who are struggling with how do I make my organization better? And, and, and one burning question I have is that when I was reading about you, when you took over at McLaren, uh, it appeared that the racing team had lots of resources, but a little bit low on the results and morale wasn't great. And you came in and turned this around. I'm just curious, how do you create resilience and enthusiasm and dig these people and, and bring them up to become winners when you started at, with them at such a low point? I'm just curious, what were you doing that worked? Um, well, the, good, the starting point was uh, the majority of the people here uh, had already been winners. So uh, the good news was they they knew what success looked like. They just hadn't had it for, for some time and lacked some leadership. So, uh, you know, no matter how good you are, how much success you've had, if you uh, have failure for a um, long period of time, as, as we did, uh, then you start to get down. So I knew I needed to kind of help pick everyone up. Uh, the good news was it, um, they didn't need a lot of picking up because they, they, they inherently uh, have it in them. They just needed some, some direction, some, some energy. Uh, I made some changes in, in some of the key uh, management. So, uh, you know, out of 900 uh, team members, probably only changed a, a, a dozen, but it was the dozen uh, right ones that were leading the organization or had leadership roles. And, you know, um, I've had a lot of bad days over the years as an entrepreneur. You know, it's pretty, pretty hard getting started from scratch. So I think uh, I have kind of some grit in me. So you, you kind of just power through it, get people coming along for the journey. And then when you start having uh, success, that gets everyone excited and, and kind of energizes the place. So I knew I really had to uh, kind of reverse the momentum of this downward spiral, get us pointed in the right trajectory, and then let the people build the momentum behind the energy. And that's that's what we've done. And um, so what started off five years ago being a, a miserable 
uh, place to go racing for the first, you know, 12 to 18 months. Once that turned, the last three years have been uh, brilliant. Um, we're still far from where we want to be. So they've been brilliant in the sense of the, the atmosphere, the energy, the morale. And now we're um, tasting some success along the way, uh, a win, some podiums. And so everyone's just got a ton of energy now. Great. And, and have there been any, any greatest hits tools that you've all, that you've always brought into the workplace that created it, made it a really great place to work? Are there any things that you'd say would work in any industry that, that have served you well in the past? Yeah, I think um, fun. Uh, you gotta be extremely serious at, at what you do. I mean, we're racing cars, so it's very serious because it's very competitive, but it's also a lot of fun. So I try to make sure um, if you kind of have fun while being very serious, then people like to work with other people. Um, you know, we travel the world, we work seven days a week often. So if you kind of feel like you're showing up to work, then you kind of look at the watch and you know, wait for it to be 501. So if you can create an environment where people like to be around you and their teammates and they're enjoying what they're doing, then they they work harder and they collaborate more and they're more open and honest. So um, fun's a, a, a big part of it. And then, you know, it's okay to make mistakes, uh, learn from your mistakes and don't make the same mistake twice. And I think, um Prior to me starting, um, the culture was a bit of a, if you made a mistake, you're in trouble. Or if you made a mistake, you might get in trouble and therefore you didn't kind of own up to your mistake. And therefore maybe they don't learn from your mistake because you didn't admit you made a mistake. So I think mistakes are learning experiences. Just don't make the same one twice uh, or then you haven't learned. And then, you know, that's not very intelligent to not learn from mistakes. So I, I think those are the, Two biggest things is you know have fun at what you're doing and and try hard and and make mistakes but but learn from those mistakes. Great, thank Zach, you. Let me guess you. This is so so. But let's say students of Mike's class, guys like Alejandro, would you, would you suggest to them to kind of follow their passion? Because you seem you love what you do. You you know when you talk about you like you can see your whole face lights up. You're excited about it. You want to talk about it, and that also powers you through all the tough times. It, 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 does that work for everybody or, or, or not just to kind um, of go after well, what you want? It, it, it works for, for, for me. Um, I think everyone's <laughs> their own yeah. individual person. You know, I'm, I came from racing cars, so I'm, I'm used to crashing and you got to shrug it off. Um, and you got to get back in the race car and you can't mope about it all day. You can't unwind to the Wait, wait, can't, how do you do that then? That's hard <laughs> to do, right? You crash yeah, your car, I, right? I, I, and then you I just shrug it off. You get experience making mistakes yeah. and then you get uh, experienced on how to manage and, and learn from those mistakes and not be afraid to, you know, make another one when you go out. If you, if you kind of live life in fear, then you, you kind of a deer in headlights and you end up, you know, not taking uh, calculated risks, which you need to in, in business every day, right? Every time you make a decision, there's a risk in that decision. It could be right, could be, could be wrong. And the more experienced you get and the, um, more you surround yourself with great people who have experience and knowledge and you communicate and listen to them, all that goes against, um, you know, reducing the chance of, of making a mistake. 
So Zach, what you're kind of talking about is what we call psychological safety, which is sort of the fancy word for it's okay to come to me when you've messed up and I, and I need you to tell me so that we can unwind it, learn from it. And again, you know, not, not repeat that one, but when someone comes into the organization and they, they, they just have culturally or historically, they're just used to, I need to hide this and bury it because I'm going to get in trouble when they come to you. What do you do, if anything, to say, this is how you change? Are there strategies that you can get people to feel that they that they can change? And do you think they can? I, yeah, I think, you know, they need to, to, to test you. You know, you can say a lot of things. My door's open. But if someone never comes in, they don't really know. Are you being serious? My door's always open. My email is always on. So you need to uh, be genuine in what you tell your team how you operate. You can't say my door is open and then not have the door open. So, and then, and then word spreads, you, you know, word spreads. Well, I went in to see Zach about this and he listened and they gave me time and he responded. And, and then that starts to spread throughout the organization that, you know, hopefully those teammates, then if someone goes to them and says, I've got an issue, I'd like to raise it to Zach. Hopefully enough people have experience. With it. Actually, you should go raise it with Zach. I think he'll, he'll help. He'll understand. The people that get in trouble are the people that try and hide things. And so I think eventually, you know, I've now been here five years. It took some time for everyone to get to know me and how I operate. But now I'm five years in. I think people are comfortable on what the do's and don'ts are around how, how I operate. And so you need to... Uh, reward people, and I don't mean that fiscally, um, but, you know, if someone comes in and, and they've done what you've asked them to do, you can't then go, you know, whack them over the head for the mistake. You you, you got to have a conversation and coach and mentor and, um, you know, try and lead them in the right direction. Thank you. So so how do you deal, because in your, in your sport, I mean, it's, it's you got to either you're winning or you're losing. And imagine with 900 people, you got to keep them motivated. Is that hard to do or, or they're self-motivated or it depends on the person? Um, I would like to think, and I'm sure not all 900 are, but I would say the strong majority are, I think 99% of them are, are highly motivated individuals, right? We're a, we're a sports team. And um, if you're not pulling your, your, your weight uh, in whatever role you have, your teammates are going to, uh, you're going to let your teammates uh, down. So I do think we're a sports-oriented um, business. So getting people to, you know, get up on the wheel, so to speak, that's not a difficult thing to do around here. Those are the type of people that we hire and want on our racing team. And Zach, when, when COVID hit, it, 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 all, it whacked all of us. And I'm curious, uh, were there any changes that, that you had to make in your organization to keep people being upbeat? Was there anything that you did that, that worked really well? Um, we reacted very quickly. We were the first racing team to, to furlough, uh, which was a term I had never heard of before, which was, you know, kind of a temporarily lay people off. Um, and we hit it fast and hard and transparently and honestly. And I think that was the best thing we did. It was, it was brutal. Um, I had never been, uh, nor my leadership team, uh, who I did it with, uh, faced with, you know, you're going to park 
600 people and, and drastically reduced their pay. We had some people that stuck around, but I mean, we effectively parked the majority of the workforce. And that was not anything that any of us were experienced with and was quite scary. You know, I've got a leadership team of six people and for us to be, what are we going to do with our 900 plus uh, teammates, which it's not good news for any of them. That was quite uh, daunting, but we responded really well as a leadership team. We all pulled together and we were just open and transparent and did what at the end of the day was best for the racing team and therefore best for the people. And I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised, but I guess I could say pleasantly surprised how supportive um, all the racing team was. Um, and we were the first to do it. So you could have easily had, well, you know, this racing team has now they all followed suit, but we did it quickly because we felt the quicker you could uh, get a, a bandaid on, on this, the quicker it would heal. So we were kind of first in first out um, and, and ran towards the issue as opposed to running from the issue. Thank you. That, that had to be hard to do because you, you know, you you work so close with them. Right. And then you have to say, sorry. And it's easy in hindsight now to say, here's what happened. But back then you had no clue. Would this be a week? Would this be a month, six months, 10 years? Like what's up? None of us say, you know, it was a new territory for all of us. And what was great is the racing team respected that this must not be easy. And, you know, this wasn't something that we had caused. I think if this was something that, you know, we had caused or was unique to McLaren, but I think everyone was watching the same news that we were watching. And, and we weren't, while we were the first Formula One team um, to, to react, you know, there are companies before us that reacted government. So I think everyone understood we were doing what was in the best interest of, of all of us in a very difficult situation. And, and Zach, I'm going to give you a, a philosophical question. So we're, we're going to go like a little random for a second. Uh, some of the data that we've been seeing is about one out of three people are quitting their jobs, but they don't have anything else lined up. And now 90 days later, they're, they're not in a good spot and they're not feeling great about it. A little bit of remorse. And then the employer that they left, most certainly they're not replacing that person within 90 days and having them up to speed. And if we have maternity leave and we already have these established long-term leaves, I'm curious what you philosophically think about burnout leave, where a good person says, I just need a month or two to clear my head and come back. And I'm curious, it's super inconvenient for a company, but I'm curious, knowing that we're not going to be happy with plan B, what do you feel about just the concept of a burnout leave from from your position? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I've never heard that. I made it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think my first instinct would be take your vacation time, right? That's what vacations are, are, are for, to recharge your, your batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be my initial uh, reaction. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're all dependent upon each other. So if you had a lot of burnout leave at once, you could really compromise you know whatever business you're in uh so i think my initial reaction would be 
take your vacation time because you're entitled to that. And that's what vacation time is, is, is for. So I would take imagine vacation too. for two weeks, come back and let's see if that, if that helps it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not- yeah. So it's certainly sympathetic. Uh, I think there's a difference between take a couple weeks off and take a few months off. Mm-hmm. And I imagine in your, in your line of work, you know, people are just psyched to be there. You know what I mean? So, and they know that everyone's depending on them. So it's kind of a, it's a little different than I guess being in an office where. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's, it's pretty grueling. So while it's, a, yeah. it's a, an awesome sport, um, yeah. you, you know, we're racing 23 times a year around the world. We currently have COVID protocols that are for the most part more strict than any other um, kind of business because of the way we're traveling around the world. So I don't think our racing team is is immune yeah. to the same uh, burnout issues that any other office would have. So while it's a lot of fun, it's, it's hard work and it's a lot of travel and a lot of time away from your family. So whether you're having fun while being on the road or not, you're still on the road and away from your family. And we all know how tough that can be on young families and, and partners are having to raise, you know, kids by themselves because you're on the road. So I, I, I think yeah. it, it is a fun business, but it's not immune to the same issues that we all have. It's funny because you look at it, we look at it from the outside, right? You look at the outside and you look at the celebrations and, the, and all the excitement, but you forget sometimes what goes on behind the scenes and what everyone has to do to make this happen. 100%. And, and Zach, while people are away, you know, for their various scenarios of who, of who they're missing, are there any things that, that, that the traveling team does as a group to, to keep the morale up and keep them you know, feeling good about what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, they, they, um, it's, a, it's a close-knit team. They, they live on the road together. We, um, you know, we try and uh, give them space and, and time off. So when they're coming back from the race, they don't have to come right back into the factory right away. So I think um, the biggest challenge is, is, is the separation um, I think when they're on the road and they're with their teammates, that's, that's easy uh, or easier, I should say. I think it's the being away from your family that's the difficult uh, part is maintaining, you know, these relationships while you're traveling around the, the world and kids that need to be raised. So uh, it's, it's difficult. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't say this for your you know, your particular company, but just generally, do you see in the industry that that does lead to maybe more divorces or problems because of that? Because that, that, the more you talk um, about that has to be tough. Yeah, it's, it's very tough. Um, yeah. I, I've not seen any kind of data. So I wouldn't want to say yeah. it's, you know, it's more or less, but you, you know, what I can say is it's, it's, it's grueling and, and we uh, give our race team uh, the traveling and um, non-traveling because they're also working night shifts and seven days a week and the families, you know, we try and be a, a family oriented racing team. So, you know, we, the, the stress, if you'd like, isn't necessarily always from the individual on the road. It could be the people, yeah. you know, sitting back at home who, you know, haven't seen mom or dad in, in, in some time. And we've got triple headers around the world. So, uh, it's something that is, uh, top of mind for us and it's one of the uh charities that we're we're behind is is the mind charity and it's something that uh lando and our drivers are very much behind and we recognize that uh, mental health and what's going on in this world 
uh, impacts all of us. We all have good days, bad days. So it's a degree of how challenging mental health is and how it impacts you and your family and your friends. And so it's something that um, we, we, we pay a lot of attention to. And I wanted to ask about uh, Emma Gilmore. I mean, congratulations on, on hiring your first female racer. Has that had any impact in the organization that you're, that you're promoting women? Like how, how has that impacted people? Yeah, it's been extremely, extremely well received. You know, our, our, uh, uh, DE&I program um, is, a, you know, we want to double where we are uh, by the end of the, the, the decade. Um, you know, we have 24 different nationalities in the team. So gender diversity, culture, race, religion, all these makes of life. Um, I think the more uh, views and perspectives you have, the more well-rounded you are as an organization. And so to have a female racing driver uh, our first ever. It's great. She's from uh, New Zealand, uh, the land of our uh, founder, Bruce McLaren. Everyone's super excited. And and why we've joined the Extreme E series is we really want to do highlight and accelerate our uh, ESG uh, credentials and work along with our partners uh, to continue. Is that this is kind of a journey where you're never going to reach your uh, final destination. Thank you, and congratulations. Thank you. So, so how's it going with the Extreme E? Because that that seems pretty awesome. Is this? I'm not uh, too we, familiar we were, with it. Yeah, we were at COP26 yesterday unveiling our our launch livery, and we were with the Prince of Wales, which was quite an honor. Now, to, how how cool is that? Is that, that, that was that was very very cool. And uh, <laughs> what do you do? Wait, wait, all right. What do you do? This is just between us. We can edit it out. Like, what do you do? You meet the prince. Like, what do you say? He, what do you do? How do you? He's, um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, climate. Uh, change is very important to him and has been for some time. So uh, we wanted to show him what we were what we were doing, why we were racing, introduce him to, to Emma, introduce him to uh, Lena, who's our female lead uh, engineer, show him the technology on how the batteries are recharged through hydrogen technology, because he's been a, uh, a big advocate of addressing climate change. And now uh, clearly the world is very focused on it as it should be. And, um, you know, we think our role is to bring awareness to it, to develop technologies that companies and countries and governments uh, can use and, and play our role in, in uh, addressing climate, which is uh, clearly a very serious issue. Can you share with us just a few, a few things that you are working on? Because it's interesting. No one would really think a race car company is helping climate change, but I'd love to know just a few things, you know, what are you doing? That it sounds quite interesting. And well, you, you know, hi, hybrid technology uh, is is being developed in a rapid pace. Um, uh, battery technology, you know, it wasn't long ago that you know when people thought of uh, battery uh, cars that that go twenty miles and then you'd have to recharge them overnight, and that's obviously not the case. The the, the range extension. Um, the uh, hydrogen, how to use hydrogen, potentially alternative uh, fuels, uh, synthetic and biofuels. Uh, and then we're getting into materials. Continental Tires is coming out with a tire next year, an Extreme E that's fully sustainable. So, uh, and then things like the ventilator, when the UK government got into uh, uh, a bind with that they didn't have enough ventilators, we, along with a few of other Formula One teams and industries, came together and uh, built and manufactured 10 years worth of ventilators in, in 10 weeks. Wow. And so um, we think there's an obligation to 
um, not only entertain and be sport and entertainment and, and cheer people up, give people something to cheer for, but how can we use our technologies to make the world a, a better place? So that's cool. So like the technologies you're developing there will have other, you know, applications. Correct. Huh. Correct. Wow. Correct. It's so wild. Hey, can I go back to one thing with, with the, like, cause this, this is, you know, just hearing you talk about it for young people starting out, it, it's, they say pursue your passion, but then sometimes your passion doesn't lead to any money and then you'll be miserable. But it does seem if you like what you do, you can like go through brick walls to make it happen. Cause like you strike me as the guy, cause you like what you do. You have a bad day, but you're gonna just keep going because you love it, you live for it, you breathe it. Do you think that's like, that is something for let's say Mike's kids in his class. That's something they should try for instead of looking for a status job or what's gonna pay you the best when you graduate find out like what you're good at, what you like, and then just, just go all in on it. That's how I've done it. Uh, yeah. I don't, there's a one size fits all. So I wouldn't want to say it's my way or the, the highway. What I would say is um, I'm in a very fortunate position now and I've, I've, I've earned it. So, um, you know, the American way of you can start with very little, and um, you know, it's amazing by hard work, you know, I've, I'm, I've living that. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I wouldn't want to say I, you know, came from, from nothing. That wouldn't be a, a fair representation, but um, I've earned what I have. And I believe, um, you know, I was once bagging groceries at a grocery store. So that's where I started working um, and started working in a Kodak film processing that one dates hour. us. That takes so us a little, wait, wait, those little booths? Yeah. Like in the shopping so, mall? so that's where I got started. So you can go from uh, there to, to here. So if I can do it, there's no reason why uh, everyone can't do that. But it does require a tremendous amount of hard work and, and motivation and some luck along the way. So if someone's not highly motivated, then, you know, they shouldn't feel they're entitled to drop into a CEO seat. There's a lot, lot of blood, sweat and tears to get there. Uh, Zach, I definitely promote the passion before the paycheck uh, mantra, which is easier to say than it is to do. And the next thing I want to ask you about is about the upcoming people that you are seeing graduating you know, out of colleges. And, and a lot of things that I'm reading is a lot of people in industry are saying they don't have any skills, like whatever they learned isn't really helping me in the workplace. And I'm curious if someone wanted to work at McLaren or just in industry that, that you see, what skills do you think our students should be getting really good at now that you're not seeing? Paying attention to details. I can't tell you how many people uh, spell my name wrong when they're writing to me to ask for a job. As soon as they've done that, I'm done reading. Um, so uh, pay attention to the details be uh, well-researched um, because if you're not, you've just been kind of lazy. That's what that tells me. Um, be uh, enthusiastic, be honest and, and open. It's okay not to have all the right answers or even have the answers. Um, so, you know, be, be yourself, but, but do, do, your, do your homework. It's amazing how many people apply for a job and spell your name wrong. And it just, what that, I don't care, you can spell my name however you want. What that tells me is you're not actually paying attention. 
Great advice. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you on behalf of my students because when you said pay attention to details, like, yeah, he said it. <laughs> thank you. See, that's a good. See, I love what you're saying because there's so I don't know how you guys feel about, it, but you know, it's this vibe in the country where everyone just feels you know, capitalism sucks. There's no future. It's terrible, and there's doom and gloom. And that's why I was kind of look. I was really looking forward to speaking to you because I was watching a lot of your videos and and you're such an you know upbeat guy. And I think we need more than that, right? Because if you do, we still are in a place. If you work hard and you try, you have the chances to succeed. I mean, right? I mean, it's, it's, we, it's all there for the, for, for the taking. I know quite a few people that um, have done it the hard way, but you just got to stay with it. There, there are no shortcuts. Um, sorry, if, if may I jump, you know, I'm a good friend of Pato Owartzak, so... You know, when, when he talks about yourself uh, as a boss, he's like, you know, like, even though he's my boss, I cannot get enough of him. You know, he's, he's such, such a nice guy. He's, he's like a friend. And it's impressive to see how to your employees, like you motivate, you motivate them by being yourself, by being a fun guy. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah, Pato and I have fun. He's, uh, he's a lot of fun to go uh, racing with. And you got to create a good work environment. And that's going to get... You know, most performance out of Pato's, if he feels that he's being supported and having fun, he's going to drive better. Yeah. So, Zach, I, I love the ethos of, you know, create a fun environment and then good things happen. Uh, we actually get more psychological safety, productivity goes up, lots of good things happen. For people that are listening to the show now who think, hey, that's great. And I'm just not really a fun person, but, I, but I'm willing. <laughs> what would be like an like easy first step? So boring people, what are they doing? I'm not sure how to tell someone to be fun if they're, uh, if they're not. I mean, everyone's got a different, uh, you know, sense of humor. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've got much fun advice other than, you know, be, be yourself. Not everyone is fun. I've, I've definitely met some great people to be around and I've met some pretty miserable people to be around. Do you think it's important to have uh, managers that are going to be matching the culture of the positive workplace, that they could actually be the ones that could execute it if perhaps that's not your skill set? Yeah, I don't think everyone has to be fun, but I think, you know, managers need to be great managers. Um, you know, fun is how I, I do it, but I've met lots of great managers that I wouldn't necessarily use fun as uh, a description of them, but that doesn't mean that they're not super nice people or uh, very impactful. Um, so I think everyone needs their own style. Thank you. So, so let me ask you this before, cause I know you have a, you know, a hard stop. What's next? More of the same. Is that it? <laughs> More of the same. Keep our head down, stay focused. That's awesome. Excellent. That's awesome. Zach, well, we well, really appreciate the time. I mean, we know that you pleasure. hang out with royalty. The fact that you hang out with us, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's super that. appreciative. We feel honored. We're in the same in the uh, same ilk of the prince, right? My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, and a big but, thanks to Alejandro for the introduction. Alejandro, thank you. And Zach, keep winning. That's all we want you to do. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good to thank chat. you very it was much. Pleasure meeting you. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Take care. See you later. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.